Today, we have Emma Grombeck on the show. She's at Donor Child on Instagram, and you may not know who she is, but she is a woman who is happy about being donor-conceived. She really loves her story. She loves how her parents talked to her about her story. She loves how her parents shared the information about her story and her genetics. She talks about donor siblings. She talks about conflicts that she's had in sharing her story and the beautiful story about how proud she really is about being donor conceived. She talks about so many things. She's inspiring and informative, and I think you'll really love the show. So pull up a chair and start listening. Welcome to Donor Conception Conversations. This is the one podcast created exclusively for people who are planning to use donor conception to build their family or for people who have already built their family with donor conception. I'm your host. My name is Lisa Schumann. I'm a researcher, a therapist, and an expert in donor conception. And over my more than two decades of experience working both in fertility clinics and in my private practice, the Center for Family Building, I've met with thousands of donor-conceived individuals, children, recipients, and donors. And I've learned so much, and I'm here to teach you all that I've learned in this podcast. My guests and I will talk about everything that you need to know to have a better journey to parenthood. If it's about donor conception, we're going to talk about it. And today on the podcast, I'm very lucky to have, I'm sure I'll mess up her name, Emma Grombeck. She's a lovely young Danish woman who was donor conceived and is quite a celebrity on the internet talking about her story. And I think that everybody out here who's listening will be very interested to know the evolution of her story and how she came to to share her story. She's got quite a beautiful history. And so I will let her start to tell you a little bit about it. Welcome, Emma. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. So thank you so much for coming today. I'm so grateful to have you on. Could you share a little bit just to get started with what your story was like, how you discovered you were donor conceived, and what your feelings were about it? Mm -hmm. I was born in 1996. I have both a mom and a dad, and they spent quite a lot of time trying to conceive. They went through almost every possible treatment. We're trying uh, for, in total, seven years before they they were able to, to conceive. Had actually almost moved on to adoption when they had one last embryo on freeze, and they thought, well, we might as well give it a shot, but they had totally given up hope on that. And um, yeah, luckily that was just what what they needed and uh, they became pregnant. As for someone born in the 90s, the like general advice for parents was not to disclose about donor conception. Luckily, my parents chose a very different path. They decided that They've been so transparent to friends and family all the way through. For them to like change the story now didn't just didn't feel natural. I just think that that was what was mostly in line with their like values and how they how they view themselves, I guess. So they decided to be completely transparent with me. They did that by creating a children's book that we read as a nighttime story from when I was around three years old. So I've grown up 
knowing that I was soon conceived. So I don't really have a specific time where I know that I understood or know that I was told that I was soon conceived. It's been like a very gradual process of me learning and understanding throughout my childhood. Wow. So when's, when would you say was the earliest time that you remember talking about that? Because I know you share on social media that they made a book for you, which was really incredibly insightful for them. As you know, as you, I mentioned to you, I have a life book that I use for that purpose. And lots of people are doing that now. But back then, there was really not a lot of information or people weren't doing that. How do you think that you started to look at that and make sense of it? And how do you think that they started to think about maybe this is a good vehicle for my daughter to understand her origins? I think my mom understands things very well. When like when she needs to explain something, she would always draw and explain. So I think for her, it was a very natural way. She made like drawings of sperm and egg and used them to to explain the process to me. So I don't really recall when or uh, how much, but I, I just have memories of us reading the book together as a nighttime story. And also I have my mom saved a drawing I made when I was five, which is like an egg cell surrounded by sperm cells. So wow. we know that at least from I was five years old, I understood quite a lot about like reproduction and how a baby is is made in like a more scientific way than you would expect from a child. So that was a very big part of their story. And also while well, the storyline was that they really wanted a child, but it just didn't seem to to come naturally for them. And they went to a doctor to get help and a nice man gave sperm to put on my mom's egg because that was the the issue they had. And so for me, that has also always been the story about the donor like he wasn't a big part of the story, but he was mentioned as kind man, help my family. But the story was actually about us as a family. And I think that was really a great way. And I think that a book like that is a really great resource for parents to like share a very difficult story because it can be connected to a lot of trauma. I think it's a good way also for parents to rehearse sharing the story over and over again. And the child can ask, Oh, questions in more and more advanced questions throughout uh, life as they understand more and more. Wow, that's amazing. Do you remember when you were little, um, any feelings you had about it or was just kind of your family story? What, what, what were your feelings or thoughts about it? No, I had, I definitely had feelings and we talked a lot about it at home. Thing is, I have two younger sisters. They are almost two years younger than me not quite. And they're twins. And they are my dad's biological children. And this was because of the new IVF method called ICSI at that time. It was new. So that became a possibility just after I was conceived. And so when they had me, they because it had taken them so long to have me in the first place, they went on with fertility treatment for a second child immediately after and then they tried this at that time new method and then the twins came so we talked hmm. a lot at, at home about like the, the difference in their story and my story and my parents always said that I was 
such a wanted child and I really honestly mm. felt like the most wanted child because they had gone through so much, spent so many years wanting to to start their family. So for the first many years, I felt really, really proud to be donor conceived because it meant that my parents really had to work hard to to conceive. So I felt a bit more special than regular children, mm. which is a bit funny now. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was the story I got from my family. So that was 100% how I felt. Mm. Emma, that is so beautiful. Wow, that is incredible. How beautiful that you were feeling like you were so wanted and they were trying so hard to have you and this is how they created you and uh, you really felt that love and that devotion from them. That's really a beautiful story. Did you think about ever, well, my siblings are not donor conceived and I am and so that makes it, puts us in a different sort of category in the relationship or we have different stories or we're different in some ways. Do you do you see that at all or no? We talked about it like for how my relationship with my parents were and genetics in that, like how I was genetically connected to them. But we never really uh, talked a lot about it with my sisters. I think we just felt like we were siblings. And I think we were quite old when we realized that me being donor conceived also had something like it also meant something for our relationship and how we were um, genetically connected but it hasn't had any impact on our relationship it hasn't really meant anything well me being donor conceived and them being twins I also share it in my I wrote a book about like my life as donor conceived and Mm -hmm. how it was growing up as well and a part of this is also I also share that I sometimes, when I was a teenager, could feel left out, especially when we were on vacation, because then it would be very, in- you're very intensely together. And then it would be like my parents who are a couple, and then the twins who have something that you can't really compete with. And so I would feel a bit left out. And whenever you're in a spot where you're not comfortable, you grab onto things that can sort of explain why you are different in that situation. That was what the only time I would find myself spiraling into negative thoughts about being donor conceived and me not being a, as big a part of the family as everyone else. But I knew in my heart that this wasn't the case and we were very good at talking about it uh, with my parents as well and with my sisters. So I I feel like this is the only time where we've had like yeah something difficult and had it but it, I wouldn't say that it was something that affected our relationship it was more like something that reminded me that I was donor conceived mm-hmm. at a difficult time maybe yeah don't know if that made sense yes at all. it makes perfect sense and and it's hard to know if your siblings were not twins you know or if there was let's say a fourth child that you had you could connect to if that would all be very different, right? Because just like, you know, you see people very often will talk about their donor conception and maybe they get angry about their donor conception when they're really angry about something else when they're little kids. Not that 
you know, to everyone out there that you can't be upset about donor conception. You need to have whatever feelings you have, but sometimes it gets played out in different ways and it's hard to know, I su- suppose, if there was a fourth child or if they weren't twins, if that would all be different for you. Because it sounds like in other aspects of your life, it hasn't been a problem for you. No, it hasn't at all. And I think what I really want to bring forward with this, like uh, sharing this story is also, I think that this is something that goes for everyone. Like when you find yourself in a spot where you're challenged in some way, you search for things that could make sense. And then donor conception was like an easy, it was an easy topic to like make this feeling have some sort of sense. I don't know if that, Mm -hmm. if you understand where I'm going. Mm Mm-hmm. We all have that. And I think it's important to to know that this can happen when you're a donor can save because it's an easy, like, you know that you're different in some ways. So it's an easy way to, to it's an easy thing to grab onto, I guess. Mm-hmm. Were there other times in your life where that came up? Like, for example, as you were developing, I know a lot of people kind of start to wonder, you know, am I is my body type similar to my parents or my hair color or my nose shape? Are these things, are those things similar to my donor or similar to me? And as I develop into a woman, is that similar to my donor or similar to me? So I think for me, I look a lot like my mom. Mm -hmm. I do look a lot like the rest of the family. Like when you see a family photo, you wouldn't be able to see that I'm any different but yeah I think we've always really celebrated the things that made me different like again instead of seeing it as a disadvantage I think my parents always said that for example my mouth is very different from my mother's so she would say that that might be from the donor but we've always like felt that it was a positive thing it wasn't a disadvantage. It was just a thing that reminded me that I was Dinnick and saved, something that might be from from him, but we we have no clue. But it was something that we would joke about. I think it's very important how you talk about these things if you make it into something that's a problem or if you celebrate it. Mm-hmm. I think that makes a very, very big difference for the child. Yes. For me, it's always been something that we've celebrated and talked about in a positive way. So that's also how I've I've grown up feeling about it. And, and my family, they've been very open about me being curious. We've talked about what features that might come from him and that was okay to talk about. I think that's also um, very important that you feel like you can be honest and you can explore who you are and what you look like and talk about that with with your close family without them feeling threatened, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's so important. And I guess kind of just to your point that we really celebrate children for being their, you know, unique selves, right? No matter what they look like yes. or and you're saying, you know, you look like your family. I know in my family, I, you know, I have blonde hair and green eyes. My, the little sister 
had blue eyes and red hair and a curvy body. And my middle sister was really tall and dark, dark hair and, and hazel eyes. And so we mm-hmm. all look so different and we had the same genetics, right? So we don't even know, right? Is, yeah. Do these pieces come from a grandmother or from, you know, wherever? So ultimately celebrating that person as a unique individual is such a beautiful thing to do. And I think you're right, this idea of really celebrating people for who they are rather than just kind of picking apart, well, you know, this is like a problem because this comes from the donor or whatever people are feeling may point to their own mm-hmm. insecurities about their infertility or I, you know, I'm not sure what, but I think that what you're saying is so valuable because your parents did such a beautiful job in celebrating you, Emma, who you are. So that's mm-hmm. that's beautiful. That's a really nice story. And um, I saw that your dad came on onto one of your mm-hmm. Instagram posts, yes. which is really so sweet. And it seems like the two of you have a really nice relationship. Yeah, we definitely do. No, my dad and I are very close and I feel like the journey we've been on has also made us even closer. In the book I also share, he did like a speech for me when I was a teenager for like a big party with health um, celebrating, like you celebrate when you go from, it's like a Danish tradition where you go from like being a child to becoming an adult. And he did a speech and this was the first time where he talked about being my dad and me being donor conceived in like a more public setting, I guess. It was in front of friends and family. And he said, thank you for giving him the opportunity to become a father and to be my dad and for for me to like be 100% in that relationship. And What I also say to people when they ask me about my relationship to my dad is that I feel like we're even maybe a bit closer because we're not only family because we share the same genetics. We're family because we chose each other. Like we Mm -hmm. chose to be each other's family. And I feel like that is very, very strong. Mm. And now we've grown with that as well. And when I, I... I obviously told my parents when I wanted to start sharing my my donor conception experience more publicly, I asked my parents if they were okay because I knew that that would reflect on them. I think my dad is a lot more private than my mom, so um, he was a bit hesitant in the beginning, but I think he saw the value because they really would have loved to have that resource when they were going through all of this. So for me to be able to give other people that reassurance that they really need it. I think they both really saw the value in. So they they agreed to, and now he's just been a very big part. As you said, he's also joined me in, in Instagram Live, sharing his experience and thoughts and feelings throughout the process. Yeah, I think that's really, really strong. Had a very big impact on our relationship as well as we've been more open about this topic, I guess. It's fantastic. And for all of you out there, if you don't follow Emma, you have to follow her and see these posts that we're talking about. They are so beautiful. It's really so beautiful to see their relationship and their connection. It's great. And he seems very comfortable. It's not, you know, an issue for him. You're his daughter. There's no concern about, you know, the donor and all of that. 
you know, the next question is, and I'm sure a lot of people want to know about this. What are your thoughts about searching? You haven't searched for your donor yet. Do you plan to, or what are your thoughts about that? As you know, I've always known that I was donor conceived, and at no point have I ever felt a need to know more about him or go look for information or even donor siblings. Like up to this point, I just haven't felt the need. I don't see what I would gain, but I see the potential of a lot of disappointment. Mm-hmm. So for now, I'm not, yeah, I don't feel the need, but we talk a lot about it with my family. And I know that I have their support if I someday change my mind, because we talk about that being a possibility as well. Like you never know if if major things change in your life. Like if when I someday have have kids on my of my own or if something happened to a family member um that feeling might change and i know that i have their support if i ever want to but as for now i i feel like i have the family that i want and need and i don't see what i would gain from going down that path so Emma, mm-hmm. when you say there's a potential for disappointment, what what are your thoughts about that? Oh, I have a lot of thoughts about mm-hmm. that. I think that there's a big chance of getting disappointed because you can build up a lot of expectations mm-hmm. or thoughts about him being this kind man or amazing person who wanted to help or him being mm-hmm. someone that you would really like and you just never know. Right. And I think that this disappointment is a very, I don't know how to manage that in the best way. And that's also mm-hmm. why I'm all, I'm often asked about if I'm happy that my donor is anonymous and if I would recommend that or open donors or what, what's the best choice. And for me, I think that managing expectations, telling mm-hmm. the truth, like disclosing to the child from early age and then managing expectations is very 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 important because I I think for me I felt like that was a door that was closed I I was okay with it but I'm very scared for the donor conceived people with open donors where the parents have talked a lot about the possibility of them getting to know the donor and meeting the donor and they wait 18 years and then maybe the donors change his mind because uh, this is still so new. Yes. So we don't have any research. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to see if this is actually going to be a problem or not. But I'm very scared of the potential that these people get extremely disappointed and that this is a very, is going to affect them negatively as it has with donor conceived people who are not told from early age. So discovering late in life, I feel like these big things where the expectations are not met Mm -hmm. can have a very big impact on our life and not always a very positive one. So I think that that this is a very um, important thing to talk more about, actually, the expectations. And there are a lot of different expectations and maybe the child and the parents' expectations are not aligning as well so you never know and I feel like the one thing I can say is that there's no easy choice in this like every choice is connected to a lot of difficult decisions and 
things that you say yes and no to. And yeah, I just think it's important to have that in mind throughout the journey. I completely agree with you, Emma. And I think it also highlights something else that you said before. So as I mentioned, I have adopted children and one of my children have a good relationship with their birth parents. Another one doesn't have the same relationship. You know, for every person, it's different. Looking Mm -hmm. back at your genetics, thinking about, do I want to have that relationship or not? And I think that what happens sometimes is sometimes parents, of course, are nervous about the connection with the donor, but sometimes they're the other extreme. They're overzealous. They want the child so badly to have a relationship with the donor because they think it's so fantastic. And as you said previously, which I think is so important for everybody to think about to hit home is we're really here as parents to celebrate our child's individuality and who they are as an individual. And for multiple children in a family, they may feel all different things, right? And exploring their fantasies about it, exploring their fears, exploring their hopes and dreams, and really helping them manage their expectations, as you're saying, is so much part of really appreciating that person as an individual and as a parent, not putting our desire or our belief system on our children, but instead let them be who they are and let them follow the path that's right for them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. Makes and I think sense. this is something that we still, we still have to learn. Like donor conception and the field of reproductive medicine is still quite new in the sense that when there's change, we see it like it takes so many years. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we've gone from not disclosing and not saying anything to like the opposite. You need to know everything. Yes. The more you know about the donor, the better in contact and know all donor siblings. And we don't really know what what's good and what's what's the best for the children yet. And my hope is that we'll find somewhere like a bit more natural moving forward and that people are, are a bit more mindful to this. Yeah. I think that's a wonderful point. And this whole idea of also the donor siblings, um, we just had someone on the podcast who wrote a book about that and the research she's done. And some people feel like Mm -hmm. it's great if you can introduce the siblings from day one and they get to play, go to the playground together and be friends. But we even see in those situations, some people say, I really wish I could have made that decision myself and that my parents didn't make it for me. Some people say, I'm really glad my parents made that decision. And other people feel like they really like the donor siblings when they're children, but they grow up and become teenagers and maybe they have different tastes and they're not really interested in them anymore. So I think, again, it is, you know, it is an evolution and people change over time, right? Even if we, and we do have to get better at helping donors understand that there will be people who will probably reach out to them. But even then, their lives change. They might get married and have kids of their own. They may go on, travel the world or move away and be more or less interested, right? And that's going to impact the donor-conceived individual. Exactly. That's a very tricky part about donor conception, both for the parents and for the donors and for everyone involved. We're making decisions on behalf of something so many years out in the future like you're making Mm -hmm. a decision do you want to be an open or an anonymous donor you're making that decision but you have no idea how you your life will look like in 18 plus years and the same goes for the parents they're making decisions 
on behalf of a child they haven't even met yet. So it is just very tricky. And I think that there's no way to, to take that part away other than trying to learn from different decisions or and life experiences and hopefully statistics at some point. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that's a really good point. And as you mentioned, I think also people are so different. Have you had experiences from other donor-conceived individuals who have different views than you? And do you feel that it's been hard to kind of try to kind of explain that your perspective is, as you mentioned, just as legitimate as somebody else's perspective that might be totally different? Do you think that it's still hard for people to hear that? Oh, yes. I think it's very, very, when you've had something that was a big trauma in your life it's very difficult to hear someone like me sharing a very positive experience also because many of these donor conceived people who are hurt by the fact that they were donor conceived they want to change a lot of things and i think that they feel like me sharing my story takes a bit of their power away Mm. And for me, I think it's very important that we hear both sides of the story because I think it's very important to learn from their experience so that we don't go down the same path again and again. But also people need to hear positive stories because otherwise they get frightened. Mm -hmm. Like I have so many people sending me messages saying that they are so happy they found me because everything they read online was so negative. So they almost didn't know if it was, if they wanted to go on with donor conception because they felt like, how can we succeed with this? Because donor conceived people are very hurt by life. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, not at all the case for, um, for all of us, but the people who were hurt are very vocal and they're very strong in the community. Whereas People who feel like I do have a very happy and in many ways, very ordinary life. Mm-hmm. Like that's how other people, other donor can save people like my, who are stories like myself. We feel like we're very normal people mm-hmm. and we don't think a lot about being donor conceived. It doesn't play a very big part of our life, like everyday life. So they don't think to share their stories because, well, there's no sensation there, I guess. Yeah. It's very hard for people, as you said, to only hear one perspective and everyone deserves to share their story in the way that it happened to them. And I think it is really helpful for people who are pursuing this to hear your story and to hear how you feel your parents really helped you feel comfortable with your story. Yeah, I just wanted to say that I I know a lot of people who feel exactly like I do also with um, people who had solo mothers or lesbian parents. So I'm not at all the only case, but we just Mm -hmm. aren't a lot of people sharing. Also, I think that's how, also has something to do with how the donor conception community has turned out because as for now, there is not really a great place for us to connect. We don't really have the sense of community. And I think that the tone being very, at some times, very rough mm-hmm. um, scares a lot of 
donor conceived people like myself, the ones who just have happy stories, doesn't really have it, feel like they have a lot to to say about their donor conception. I think it scares them from sharing their perspective as well because they don't want the arguing online. Right. I guess. And that is tough because it can get pretty ugly out there when people start to argue. And I, you know, as I said before we started, I really think it's wonderful that you're sharing your story, Emma. And my, you know, my heart goes out to you because I know it has not been easy for you to do that. And you've had a lot of resistance and a lot of people saying all kinds of things. And I really feel that it's so important that you keep going because you present such valuable information to people as well and really give hope to people who want to conceive using a donor and feel afraid of doing that because there are so many fears, right? There's so many unknowns and then they just get fueled by a lot of voices. And of course, there are negative stories, but there are also positive ones and we need to leave room for everyone's story. So I really applaud what you're doing. I think you're doing an amazing job. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And tell me, how did you decide to do this? I mean, you know, to be so brave and to say, okay, I'm going to get out there and get on Instagram and tell my story and share this information. What made you decide to do that? Because for all of you who who don't know this, and I just discovered this today, Emma is also a medical professional. She's a nurse. And so she has a very professional hat that she wears and she can come to this uh, process with. So obviously you know lots about this from all sides of it and can share so much value with everyone. So that's true for several people, but it can be scary to get out there and it's time consuming and it's not part of your job. So what made you decide to do this? While I was studying, I had a friend and she is lesbian and she had a girlfriend and they were talking about their possibilities of creating a family. And I've always been very upfront with like people that I know that I'm going to, that they're going to be a part of my life for longer periods of time. I always tell that I'm dinner conceived. I'm very transparent with that because Hmm. I feel like it, explains a lot about the person that I am and about our family and dynamics and yeah just says a lot I guess I have no clue why why I do it but I do mm-hmm. so she knew that I was dinner conceived and she came to me and asked me for advice and I told her about um, my story and how my parents went about things and I thought to myself after that well maybe other people can benefit from our life experience. And so I went online to see what I could find and everything I I found was very negative and I wanted to create a more balanced understanding of what it can mean to be donor conceived. Hmm. So yeah, that was that was when I started to to share my experience and started to think also more about what it meant, what it had meant to me and and my family and how they had done things throughout the years, I guess. And you said that when you first started, you asked your parents if they wouldn't mind. Mm-hmm. What was their res- I know they were supportive. What was their response? Were they surprised that you wanted to do this or were they curious about it? What were their responses? 
Yeah, no, I don't think that they were very surprised. My mom has always said that because throughout the years, people didn't know much about what it meant to be donor conceived. Like I was, it wasn't that usual when I was a child. So I've always kind of felt like I needed to educate people. Mm. Even as a small child, I would explain donor conception, what it meant, because I was really proud about it. I didn't mind talking about it at all. So, so I think they felt like I was trying to educate people, talking about this amazing way my parents created a family ever since I was a small child. So I think they, they thought it was a natural next step mm-hmm. <laughs> from that. But yeah. Oh, that's amazing. You know, I talk a little bit about this in a workshop that I do for donor conceived children about really finding your voice and being your own person. And it sounds like you've always been the sort of person who doesn't mind educating people and sharing things, right? Because some people are not like that. Some people are more private people. or And so as you were growing up and you had that experience where you can share with people and you were feeling proud about it and you wanted to tell people, did you ever feel like, oh my gosh, I'm just so sick of talking about this. People ask me the same questions over and over again, or the kids at school are asking me, what does this mean? Does it ever get to a point where it's hard for you or how's your experience been? I never thought that as a child, I think. And I think as long as people are open-minded and curious, I always want to explain mm. and try to to make people understand my perspective. I think when it became difficult was when when I experienced a lot of resistance and people who had sort of a fixed understanding of what it meant or how a family looks and where I don't sort of fit in. I have, I also um, shared uh, this experience a lot of time when I was in first grade or something like that. Mm-hmm. We had to do family trees at school and my mom is a clinical geneticist. So she does like family trees in like a medical sense so I've seen those at home a lot of times. So I knew basics about that. And so I was really, really confused about the assignment at school. So I went to my teacher and told her that I found the assignment very difficult because I was donor conceived. So I didn't really know who to put where and how to connect like the dots. And, and her response like, this was Emma, six years old, feeling like she, her story was the most incredible thing in the world. <laughs> and uh, her response was that she got really, really angry and um, called my parents saying that I was making up stories in school to be more special and wow. um, telling lies. And so this was the first time of my entire life where I was met with someone who didn't just think it was a great story and amazing opportunity for me and my family. I just think that made a very big impression on me. These times where where this has happened to me has been the only times where I feel like it can be a bit exhausting to to share my experience. Yeah. Well, I don't blame you for that. Oh my gosh. When people are kind and interested, you never get sick of telling your story. You're always happy to share information and help educate people and let them know. Yes. That's great. So maybe you were made to do this, Emma. Maybe you were made to to teach us all 
what it means to be donor conceived and for people to have hope. And um, I think it's really wonderful. So thank you so much for being out there. And, you know, in any way we can support you, we're, we're happy to be here for you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And before we wind down, do you think there's anything else um, the audience should share or that you'd like to let everyone know? I don't think I really have anything as for now. And if people have any questions or anything they want to ask me in private, they can always message me, uh, send me a DM or anything on just go and see um, the content I've made about being done and conceived on Instagram. People are always more than welcome to, to send me a message and I'll definitely respond. Maybe not right away, but at some point. <laughs> And can you tell everyone what your um, how to reach you on Instagram or any other platform? So I both have my Instagram, which is um, donor child, and then I also have um, a website that is donor child by Emma Quinnbeck. But I think if you search for a donor child on Google, you'll most likely find me somewhere. <laughs> Terrific. Well, thank you so much for coming. I really, really appreciate all your wisdom and your heartfelt thoughts. And all, please, you know, share with your parents. We, we're very grateful that they support you in this because I'm sure this will be wonderful information for a lot of people out there. So, so thank you so much for coming. And all of you out there, please reach out to Emma. She's a wealth of information. Reach out to us anytime and please subscribe because that's how we keep going. And if you join our mailing list, the information is in the notes and you can get alerts and extra information and find out about all the upcoming podcasts. So thanks so much for joining and we'll see you next time.